Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. What's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. I'm Tommy Sladak. This is Samantha Croston. We have Brendan Hodges on the producer, Mike. Again, this is a reminder you can find every episode of The Orange Zone on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find every episode on our CMY Central YouTube page, What Up From The Sky Cam. New episodes released every week, and we invite you to like, comment, subscribe for more Orange Zone content. We love the fans. We want to hear from the fans. This is why we do it. And we got to start with uh, something that we just can't bury. And that is we have a number one team in all the land. Syracuse women's lacrosse is number one. Clap it up. It's just exciting to say that. It's exciting to say no matter the sport, when the school and the area you're covering has a numero uno, it's a big deal. Just found out today. Only other time they've been in the number one spot was actually back in 2014 for a couple weeks. Nearly a decade. Crazy, isn't it? It really is. It's been a hot minute since then. And how did they get here? That is the big question. And it's exactly what we discussed last week. This would be one of those points where we would like insert, you know, the black and white, you know, video clip from last week. That's us like, well, you know, the way it happens right now is if UNC goes down and they continue you to said get a that. big win. We did say it verbatim. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened because UNC went down to Northwestern. Syracuse took down a Duke, good Duke squad. And from there, it was really no debate for the voters with inside lacrosse. This was a lock and loaded number one team in the Syracuse Orange. Sam. I, obviously a bit a big week for you just as a lacrosse nut and what do you make of this do you believe it's the right move I'm, I'm sure I know your answer here I mean of course it's the right call and it's not it has nothing to do with I really do say that objectively yeah I just think when you know the facts and the facts are that UNC lost to Northwestern and Syracuse beat Northwestern how do you not put them in the number one spot Syracuse is undefeated and UNC has a loss. I just think until those two teams match up now, you'll see Syracuse at the top of the polls until that Syracuse UNC game, which if we weren't excited for already, like how highly anticipated is that matchup now? You know, and and it was cool being able to go up the hill today. I was able to talk to some of the girls, talk about what this means to them and yeah, coach you trainer. I mean, the players are thrilled mm-hmm. and a little more eager to say things like, listen, we want to win that national championship. Meg Carney, I love this. I just I just thought this was so cute. She's like, I, I think about winning a national championship at night sometimes or when we're watching film and it gives me chills. Like, I love that. I love that emotion behind that sentiment. And at the same time, when I asked Coach Trainer a similar question, she's like, to be honest with you, I'm focused on Stony Brook right now. And that's pretty much it. It's very much so a, we know that's the end goal, but the way to get there is through winning game by game by game. And I'll let you know Stony Brook is no joke. 
no joke coming into the dome and that's a game that's been really close in previous years it's been fun learning about who kayla trainer is as a coach oh yeah right like very uh very fun very interesting and things over time just start to make sense with her she is so locked in she is so locked in she's an ultra competitor and she wants to win and it's something that we see when she's actually still playing the game watching her play for team usa over the summer it was like it was very much kind of like this pinch me moment. Like we're seeing something pretty amazing right now in that coach that can still absolutely ball out with the with the best of them as one of the best players in the country. It kind of reminds me of Dawn Staley when she was coaching at Temple and still kind of getting in the mix and some WNBA action. Of course, she's now at South Carolina. Kayla Trainer's now got the number one team as someone that's coaching in her late 20s. It's pretty amazing. It's fun to watch. And I got to say this. You mentioned the 2014 last time they were number one. I just got to get it out in the open because we have producer Brendan's trivia is, is SU women's lacrosse related. Brendan, that was not the trivia question, was it? Or it, was it was it? not. I do okay. have like a mini nice. trivia question right now, if you'd like, that could count to the record. Let's, could not. let's let it flow. So, let you know, it. we mentioned Syracuse is undefeated this year. There are two other teams in the nation who are undefeated, both in the polls. Do you know who they are? I think I do. Oh, One of them Sam should know very well. Is it Army? Army is one. Woo! And is the second Denver? It is. Oh, right. Yeah. Let's go. That was awesome. I, I, I do have one thing to say as well in regards to SU. We, I don't think we know, like, statistically how good this team is. I didn't put this on the sheet because I wanted to blow your guys' minds today. Syracuse has scored 147 goals this season, guys. Do you know how many goals their opponents have scored combined? Oh. I actually think I might know this. Is it somewhere in the 80s? Less than I was going to say high 40s, low 50s. 74 goals. Syracuse has almost doubled up their – they have almost doubled up their opponents this year scoring. They've doubled them up assist-wise, and they've almost doubled them up in terms of causing turnovers. This – they fly around defensively. They score way more than everybody else. It's no question they're the best team in the nation. I mean, sure, there may be a question there with, like, hey, they haven't played North Carolina yet. We'll see what happens. But SU hasn't been beating teams. They've been demolishing them. And the one game that wasn't the demolishing was the Loyola game and a game where they had to come back. And so that's the you – know, it's um, – I mean, we're in the middle of March Madness right now, and I think it applies perfectly. The teams that win March Madness – most of the time are the teams that are getting to the final four and end up winning it all. There's always that one or two games where they, they win in an ugly way. Mm-hmm. They win in a way that is not traditional to how they play. The other team gets them out of their rhythm. And to me, I think we saw that a little bit with the way they played a very good Loyola team. And to get that win, even in when things weren't exactly going their way, shows so much. And to me, more than, say, beating a, a very good team by like six or seven. Not to mention something that they were working the kinks out with, and I'm sure still are to a certain degree, is they lost legitimately one of the best draw takers in the entire country in Kate Mischewski, and she is out for the season. So they've moved on since then. There are other people who have stepped up. Olivia Adamson is one of the people that will be taking the draw from now on. But that's a big thing. That's a critical piece of a team that now they need to figure out, okay, where are we going to go from here? They didn't even have a draw team. They had a draw girl, and it was Kate, and she took pretty much every single one. So, again, showing their versatility just weighs that. I I just think that team has a lot of depth. And based on all of the stats that Brendan was talking about, honestly, the one that sticks out to me, I know the NCAA is probably still updating stats, but at least several times now, 
week after week. Assists per game, Syracuse is the top or one of the top ranked in the entire country. Assists. Like, it's the way they move the ball. Every single goal is pretty. It's off of it's very three, four, five passes. Yeah, you know, it's that selflessness that we see on the men's side, too. Honestly, the, both of those um, offenses are, are similar in some respects, definitely in the passing way. I'm sure you guys had some some practicing growing up in, in, in youth lacrosse where it was, I want 10 passes before any shots. And, and it seems almost like we see that same principle apply now to the, to the highest of the college level, which I think there's a, there's a beauty in, in almost the foundation of what people are learning and what works. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show that that unselfish play, just it makes everyone look better, including that you know, including yourself as an individual on the field. So, um, gosh, it's just it's it's exciting to watch this team, and and they're far from over. I mean, they're nine and zero. That is the best start in program history. That feels good. And they're it's not like they're beating these cupcake teams. It's no absolute dogs week in and week out. And the Sea Wolves are next in line. The coach is Joe Spelina, and yes, if it sounds familiar, just out of why, and you get his son. That's Joey Spelina, uh, freshman stand on the SU men's team. So he's been turning this this Stony Brook program just truly. I'll put it into the powerhouse realm. Just, I mean, the way he's been able to take over and, and put them uh, just with with the top here, and it honestly goes back to show to me the the depth that you find in Long Island Lacrosse. And, Long and Island people Lacrosse, to stay local. baby. Oh yeah. I mean that that practically that entire roster is made up of people from first of all my town. It's just a Mount Sinai kingdom. <laughs> um but but certainly Long Island and local talent and people who wanted to stay home for one reason or another. That's one of the first places, if not the first place, that you're looking at is I want to go play for Coach Spelina. You also have Sydney Pereca down there. She yeah, used to be an assistant walk us, coach walk up us, here. Uh, walk us through the Sydney connection here. I think the people at home would love to hear this. All right, so Sydney Pereca. She, first of all, just one of my one of my good friends, family friend growing up, and really was kind of a weird situation. But when I was coming over to go to Newhouse for my one grad year, went to Newhouse for one grad year, for anyone who doesn't know. Played lacrosse at Colgate. Played first lacrosse time at Colgate. Goalie. Played lacrosse at Colgate. All was Patriot a goalie. League selection. And then I every week. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'll, maybe I'm going to try broadcasting. And Sydney was here. Coach, she was an assistant coach for Syracuse. And she was like, I actually, I'm looking for a roommate. Do you want a room? I was like, sure. So we roomed together for that year. And then a year later, she, she left. She went to Stony Brook. She's the assistant coach there now back on Long Island, which is where she's from too. We're from the same town originally, Mount Sinai. Um, same high school? Same high school. Same team. Played played on the same team in, in high school. That's unreal. The whole thing. So she's a Mount Sinai girl too, which is why I think it's a cool fit, a unique fit for her being on the Stony Brook team. She knows a lot of these girls. Sure, I'm, you know, she probably hasn't, I'm trying to think, played with many of them, maybe maybe a couple of the seniors or grad right. students. But um, either the way. Pandemic super seniors. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. One of them, Haley Dillon. Look out for her. Got it. Star defender. Um, but you know, it, it's nice for her to understand the culture, understand Mount Sinai, understand what, what types of people are being filtered through. She knows the kind of talent that Joe Spelina is looking for. And I'll give you one other interesting fact. Her sister, Shayna Pereka, who was also a lacrosse player, played okay. at Mount Sinai. She's now the coach of Mount Sinai High School. Hey! How about that? That's very cool. Very cool. So one sister is passing off talent to another. Kind of interesting. That is really neat. And mm -hmm. a question for you just about how how, how Youth Lacks works in, in a hub like Long Island. 
is it very much is it the club connections that end up kind of almost creating uh, those relationships early on, or is it very much more school district to school district, middle school to high school, or do you find it as more of a, a is it AAU, or is it just considered club lacrosse? No, all of that's a really good question. I would say certainly on Long Island, most everyone I knew played travel mm-hmm. for Yellow Jackets or one of the other clubs on Long Island. And for me... I I think the answer is it depends. For me, it was definitely through my travel coach. My travel coach facilitated those connections. He made sure, you know, knew somebody at Colgate, and that's how that whole situation worked. However, you know, I think in a situation where, like I said, you know, Shayna Pareka, she's coaching there now. She knows Joe Spelina. I could totally see how those kinds of connections would would come locally, where she's telling her sister, hey, I do have some talent. You might want to look into this. So I think the answer is it depends, but... A lot of people play travel as well because it's definitely competitive. Long Island is definitely one of the hubs of lacrosse. It certainly helps get you noticed, and so very excited to see what will be, um, you know, an upstate versus downstate battle Wednesday night, eight o'clock. Number one, Syracuse feels good to say. Wow! Against number six, Stony Brook makes it even better to say. Just a top six matchup. That's hot. Eight o'clock Wednesday night. You can watch on ESPN. You, Brendan, your trivia time. Let's get after it, man. Let's get after it, guys. We know Syracuse lacrosse record start to a season nine and zero, potentially going on ten and zero. Before this season, SU women's lacrosse best start to a season was seven and zero. That was back in 2017. The Orange got that streak snapped twice, back to back games. They lost. Who did they lose to? So it was in 2017, the in same tw- year? 2017, yes. Okay. Back Maryland? That is one. Nice, nice. I'm just going to let you cook. UNC? No. Let ah. Sam cook. Okay. Um, second team, second team, second team, second team. Um, what is, it? is it ACC, I'm guessing? No. Okay, so out of nice. conference. Nice. And it'd be out of conference when you're already 7-0. and in the, Was it like Big that's Ten? That's a little bit. No. Hmm. I actually might have this. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Be bold. Be bold. Is it Temple? No. Oh. <laughs> what made you think that? Uh, well, covered them. I was their videographer for a year. And towards the back half of my years, I was 2012 to 2016 there. Uh, Brenda McDermott, who grew up in my neighborhood with me, like, like kind of all-time Big East player. She when she was a super senior there, they were hot. They were a really good team, and so I was just thinking that just because Syracuse and Temple do play each other every so often, but that's not it. So that is not it. And is it not Big East? It is not Big. I, I don't think on, it was Big hold East. Hold on. Yes. I don't remember. Is is Northwestern in the? More Northwestern's in the Big Ten. That's what I thought. Okay. Hopkins. No. All right. I'm. The, you know what I mean. All right. Do you want to know what it is? Uh, well, no, I, no, 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 not no, yet, no. not yet. Um, Come on now. Uh, geogra- just... Geographically northeast? No. What the heck is Y'all this are going to be so mad when you find um, out the answer. I know. It, it's there. It's there. It's Let's just think about who they play. Is it East Coast? Technically, yes. Huh. Wait, and you said it, you asked is it down south or you didn't? I asked if it was in the northeast and he said no, so... Florida. Uh, that is correct. Bang! And you want to know who led Florida scoring that day? Sydney Pareka. Shayna Pareka. <laughs> uh, do you want to take a guess at how many goals Sydney had that day, Sam? And you said Shayna was the top scorer? Or yes, Sydney- Shayna was the top scorer in that game. 
Maybe a four how many five, did maybe a four five combo? Are you asking me how many Shayna had? I thought you said she's the top scorer. She was. Do you want to know how many Shayna had? Seven. She had five. All right. Sid had three. One. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Still very cool though. But I, like I knew. That, I'm so happy you let me guess that because I would have yeah. been pissed yeah, if I didn't been. get it. I wouldn't have been I, mad. I knew. I'm like I, I'm just forgetting. Mad. Okay. Good yeah. stuff. Awesome. Love that, Brendan. Uh, as for the SU men, well, we are recording on Tuesday right now, so this will be old news, but they're taking on the Bonnies. So we got St. Bonaventure in town at the Dome Tuesday night, 6 o'clock start, ACC Network Extra. Not sure why I'm giving those details. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it's already going to be over. But just in case you wanted to go back and figure out how to tape it or watch it. Anyway, they begin a three-game homestand on Tuesday, and that is their last three-game homestand because really after this, they're like on the road to end the season. It's kind of insane. Uh, pretty much, like all, yeah, yeah. Just the, the whole back stretch. I don't, I don't know it exactly, but um, yeah. And so if they can get these home wins right now, that I think will be very important. I hot agree. Take. And li- I mean, listen, not really at same, all. Same, <laughs> not not really. Not I was being really. facetious there, but like I needed to make yeah. it clear that it was almost. Yeah, this with them, it, with them, it's the same. I feel like it's the same story that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me some ranked wins, baby. Let's get cooking. They just need it. They're they're close, and and it's it's an odd feeling because we went over this last week where it, you feel like they're, they're making the improvements you want them to make. And they're I'm just not, not closing. You're out. right, and I'm yeah. not trying to be negative, but with close to a win and a quarter, I can make a phone call. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. That's a new one with you. Heater of the day. <laughs> That's great. But anyway, um, I think they get it done against the Bonnies tonight, and I think they absolutely can get it done. I think it's Hobart this weekend. Do I have that right, Hodges? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so love the love the Hobart story, and they are loaded with CNY talent. So naturally, it's awesome when you see all these kids at West Jenny, JD, CBA, whatnot, and then all of a sudden they're just staying local in Geneva and playing at Hobart. So it's just a true CNY game. It's the same thing with Syracuse Cornell that we normally get. Not getting that game this year, which is a little I'm bit of a still bummer. mad about that. Yeah, well, the Big Red are crushing it, so wouldn't be surprised if they're going deep into uh, the tourney again this year. And then let's head to SU Men's Hoops. We brought you the story of J.J. Starling last week committing to Q's. One of the biggest questions is, what is that guard situation going to look like? And right now, freshman standout Judah Mintz announces intention to enter the 2023 NBA draft process while retaining his college eligibility. So just a quick explainer on how that works, because it is a very good thing to know, and it's very, in a way, technical. The NBA allows these prospective players to declare for the draft, but it doesn't lock them in. Um, it's not as aggressive as it as it once was with that. And so he has until June 12th to basically pull his name again if he would like to. And it's a great thing because it allows them um, you know, to, to make sure that they're not getting any false sense of hopes on what it is they're looking for. And for some of them, they're fine with going in and maybe having that chance of being undrafted. But with Judah, it does seem because he is retaining that college eligibility and made it clear in his statement that he really is trying to get a good feel for this. And ultimately, I've seen stuff having him at 32, 33, all the way to late in the second round, and then a few where he wasn't even mentioned in the second round. So that's what he's going to try to pick up and make sure that there's confidence in some of these teams that he would get picked up if he is looking to declare for the draft. So, Sam, what was your immediate reaction when you saw this? Because it was – 
It was an interesting hour from the SU fan base on social media. It really ultimately it, it was positive, an interesting day, but good conversations were happening because of it. Yeah, interesting conversations, and as always, I appreciate the the passion from mm-hmm. the Syracuse fan base and the conversation. I mean, initially, my thought was good for him to be able to experience this, but in my gut, I felt okay, he is going to be returning for another year. And that was partially because of the conversations I saw and the things that made sense to me. And everybody was kind of, or at least the general consensus was, if he waits one more year, plays here, gets one more year of experience, people can see that he has developed a little more consistency, then he would be perhaps picked. Right. I think so. I think so too. Picked in the first round of the draft. So to me, that does make more sense. Get that guaranteed money. And... Start your start your career. Yeah. I think it also brings into question, though, and his, his, his whole hashtag thing is don't overthink it. He puts that on <laughs> almost all of his tweets. I like and, that. And I couldn't help but read into that as something did that— Did you I, overthink it? Well, I, I maybe I did overthink it, but I was putting myself in his shoes. If that's someone's slogan, you're saying don't overthink it. If you have an opportunity where you are getting the, the clear message that you are going to be drafted, I think you got to go for it. And as much as SU fans will love him to stay, he is such a talent. He started improving his threes at the end. If he has just a few good workouts, I don't think there's anyone holding him back from saying this is going to be a player that could be very special. And and, and you and you weigh the risk of injury and everything mm-hmm. too, right? And um, would he make some good money with NIL? Pff, for sure, if he stayed. But will he also be making some big bucks if he is able to get on an NBA roster? That's still just a big chunk. It's not as big as the guarantee of the first round, but it's enough to if you're if you're ready to go get it, go get your bag. So you think he's gonna go? I do. My gut says he is going to go, mm-hmm. but I also think he's going to truly listen to what's being told to him and what and what are, what his parents are hearing and what his agent are hearing. I think that you know while some people go and they put that retaining college eligibility kind of almost as a a a. Not a caveat, but just like an insurance policy, like, you know, just in case. I get the energy that he really is going to want to test the waters. And I think that's smart just because, again, like I mentioned, I just saw one on USA Today that didn't have him listed. So, you know, journalists know a good amount, draft experts know a good amount, but they just don't know as much as these owners and as much as these managers on where exactly their mindset is. So I think whatever he's going to get, hopefully he gets the honesty and that helps him make the, the best decision here. You know what? Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. And then it brings the question, you know, is it is it J.J. Starling and, and Joe Girard next year if Joe stand? Does Joe go back to the point guard? J.J., a little bit more traditional two spots. So questions for down the road. But um, SU women's basketball, we're finishing with them because this team – it just keeps going. It's awesome. If awesome. you haven't kept track, they are in the women's NIT, which I know everyone wants their team to be in the NCAA men's side, women's side. We saw some amazing games already this week. Hello, Miami, knocking out Indiana in both men's and women's. That was something. Sorry, Hoosier fans. But the women um, just keep winning. They're now in the Super 16, a.k.a. the their version of the Sweet 16. But I like Super. I don't mind it. And here's the funny thing. SU was a little bit on the bubble. A little bit on the bubble with the NCAA. Certainly outside looking in. Everyone knew it by that point. Um, but the the mindset that we we got from Felicia Leggett Jack in her first year was, we're so happy to be playing more basketball. We are so happy 
to be playing 40 more minutes of basketball. She's thinking about her seniors that might be you know done with the sport after yep. this. It's 40 more minutes for them. It's 40 more minutes for my young players. It's 40 more minutes for my coaching staff to get better and better as they look to build this Orange program. And in the first two games here, they have annihilated yep. their opponents. They blew out Kent State. And then last night, and what I thought was really impressive is they just put Seton Hall to bed. And they're moving on. And I have no problem saying that they are showing me that they are a contender to win this whole thing. Oh, no doubt. yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it, and I agree that an important part of all of this is giving the seniors or anyone who potentially might not be returning again those moments to cherish. Yeah. But I also think for anyone who is coming back next year, be that a player, be that a coach, what a great experience to just learn more, to develop, to grow. That's exactly what these kinds of experiences are. And you know what? It is really exciting. It's playoff basketball. It's something to be proud of. And no one else in their first year in this program has been able to do what she's done. I think it's impressive. And at this point, if you're counting the wins outside of the regular season, they're a 21 team now. That's pretty sweet to Damn. say that you are a 20-win coach in your first year. And Hodges did a great job with some uh, just some some numbers here. De'Asia Fair, what else is new? 24 points last night. Georgia Woolley, nine, 19 points. They were up 9-7 to in the first quarter. Second quarter, they just went crazy, 26-8, to and it was over from there. Um, they've advanced to the Super 16, the round three, so to speak, for the fourth time in program history. They have not lost in that round. 0-9. 2010, defeated VCU, then lost in the grade eight. 2011, defeated Eastern Michigan, lost in a grade eight to Toledo. 2012, defeated Temple in the Super 16 and Toledo in the grade eight and then lost in the Fab Four to James Madison. I like the Fab Four and the questions he has down right here. And Brendan, I'm going to toss this back to you right after Sam is, uh, Sam, you answer first. How much farther do you see the orange going and can you foresee a potential slip up? I definitely think they'll be good in the Super 16. Mm -hmm. Past that, I'm not sure. I want to see who they're playing, who the opponent is. Do we know those answers yet? We got Columbia for for Friday. Yeah, right, and then right. it's uh, the winner of Rhode Island and Harvard would yeah, be in so the I, I see no issue with that either, okay. to be honest. Um, and then I think they play that bottom right bracket for uh, if they got to the Fab Four. I think they would play the team that comes out of that. Excuse me. Yeah, that would work. So that would be the winners of Bowling Green, Memphis, Florida, and Clemson. Bowling Green's really good. Really good team. Nate Sullivan, one of our photogs, big, big Falcon guy. So he's been keeping an eye on them. They're a very solid team. So excited to see what comes out of that. Uh, but Hodges, what, what do you think? What do you think realistically here you, you see this team doing? Oh, Fab Four, man. Fab Four? Fab Four. Okay. Fab four. Here, here's the thing. Like, they're basically winning bragging rights over the entire state of New York right now because um, they – well, Kent State is in New York, but uh, yeah. Seton Hall, mm -hmm. they're – I would think they'd beat Columbia. I think you guys think they're going to beat Columbia, right? I do too. Yes. And I'm a little then, bit bummed out that they're not getting another uh, a home game. Uh, I maybe am they too. still will. I, Unless they're playing like where are they playing in New York City? Uh they're at Columbia, which is in 
I guess you'd consider it Harlem. Well, you explained uh, it to us last a couple weeks ago that it's – you asked an assistant coach, how does it work in terms of hosting, and it was along the lines of who can do it best well, for our it, needs, right? I, that was what the I thought said. it was – I think the, you have to check a box of, of can you logistically stream it, can you logistically set it up where you have post-game, all that jazz. And Syracuse obviously has it, but the politics of how they ultimately decided Seton Hall's gym – I know, C- I know no Seton Hall has that too. I have a friend who yeah. went there, and they have their whole pirate sports network thing, so they're they're set up for that as well. Right, but who ultimately makes that call? I I don't know how that works. I I really don't. It, and it seems like it's kind of just uh, at some point just a flip of the coin. I think they try to get everyone if you're still playing, get you some games at home. But um, could they have another home game here at some point? I doubt it. If you, I would say be, yes, unless in the eight maybe. In the eight, possibly. It also, I think, depends on, uh, you know, ultimately if you, you know, say Syracuse is, you know, they'll be playing Rhode Island or Harvard. Say Harvard has had two out of the three have been home games for them, right? And Syracuse has had one of the two. I think ultimately if I, that was me making that decision on the committee, you'd want to go and make it even and get Syracuse another home game. I, but, I know Harvard has had at least one. Yeah. I, are they in Cambridge or Amherst? They're Cambridge, right? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, they, they've had like one. Fancier. They've had one SU. They're going to have a second one coming up here. So, I Got think it. that it would be here if the SU went through and it was Harvard that went through, too. Beauty. Before we get out of here, what's your new grade for the Orange's first season under Felicia Lee Get Jack? Given the little run we're having in here in the NIT, has it changed? And where would you put it at if you had to put a letter grade? A letter grade. And you can count the circumstances of yeah, what's... Yeah, I am. Yeah. Only because of the potential I think they do have. So I'm comparing this to future seasons we haven't yeah. even seen yet. I'm going to go B+. Plus. I'm going to go A- minus in, in that it is her first year with just... Uh, I've just been really impressed by it. And I think the biggest question going into the start of the season was, okay, they're winning now, but wait until they get to the ACC. It's a gauntlet, which it is. And they completely showed face and showed that they belonged. What about you, Hodges? I think I'm going to stick with Sam here. I, I'm not – I'm confident that they could be at an A plus – not A plus, an A minus or even yeah. an A next year. Right now, though, you're building things up. There's no shame in being at a B, B plus. There you go. There's no shame in that. And uh, like you mentioned, Tommy, it's not just Felicia Leggett Jack. She is big into her assistance, into her players. I mentioned assistance because, and I was on the phone with you talking about this earlier. You got, like, got it right here. You, you, you got the guy there that uh, is getting some recognition right now. And that is Kyrie Carter, named a Women's Basketball Coaches Association 30 under 30 honoree. So awesome. good good spot with this, Hodges. And, and we got to talk mm-hmm. to him the other week in uh, what was a very special moment in which went to interview Coach Jack, like we normally do, and she said, can I have my coaches with me for this one? She's like, I really want to give them honor and show the the support that they've been able to to provide for this team. So shout out uh, Coach Carter. Very cool to see. Also a great movie. And uh, 
there we go. Gotta love it. Is that sod in there, by the way? Oh, it is. Oh, I let's just, play it. I, I let's just, play uh, that sod. Well, you know, I'm so excited, you know, to have these these young coaches with me. Uh, you know, I just want to publicly thank these guys for all they've done, all that we've done together, the fights, the claws, the the, 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 the disagreements, the agreements that we had throughout uh, the season that, that got us to this point. First time uh, a first-year coach in 50-year history to um, – uh, get to postseason. It credits not me. It credits us and what we've created together. So I'm so pumped up and so humbled by their support. FLJ closing it out. I think you could have any other way. Sam, last thoughts? You know what? Enough said based on what she said. I appreciate the fact that she even says, you know, I'm thankful for the disagreements, the agreements. She sees all of it as a learning experience. That's a beautiful mindset. Hodges, closing remark. Fab four or bust. Fab four, Fab bust. four Let's go or bust, it. baby. Let's, Let's go. go. Orange Zone Let's Podcast go. presented by Billy Whitaker, Cards and Trucks, Tommy Sladek, Samantha Cross, and Brendan Hodges. We're out of here. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. Peace. See you.